Hey there. Happy New Year. Happy Masterful Living. Oh, my goodness. We are giving ourselves a great gift, an extraordinary gift, this year of goodness. And I'm so grateful you're joining me. We are going to begin with my prayer for partnering up, which is under the downloads on your site, uh, your Masterful Living uh, site at members.jenniferhadley.com. And uh, the prayer for partnering up is also in your workbook, workbooks, which are on their way to you if you don't have them already. We'll uh, be shipping out a bunch more tomorrow. And uh, just a note for those of you who uh, haven't confirmed your address, we send you an email ask to make sure we have the correct address for you because sometimes there are little glitches. And then once we get that confirmation, we ship them out. So I'm going to invite you to place your hand on your heart and to take a breath of love and gratitude with me as we consciously partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. We're not going it alone anymore. We're partnering up. Hmm. I am that I am. I am my I am presence. I am one with the one, and for this I am truly grateful. In the name of my beloved I am, I ask that my higher Holy Spirit self, my I am presence, Lead and guide me to be in the flow of love in all moments of this day and in every area of my life. I intend to be easily led and guided to choose the highest and best in each moment. I allow myself to receive the blessings that are mine to receive. I allow myself to recognize the most loving choices this day. Higher Holy Spirit self, please make the loving choices so attractive to me that I cannot mistake them. Help me to choose love and to live my life as a joyful and abundant prayer of the heart. Help me to recognize my life is the eternal life of God. I am dedicated to being a loving and beneficial presence on this planet. I choose to be truly helpful. I share the benefits of my healing and expansion with everyone because I am one with them. I am awakening to know my true identity and the true identity of my brothers and sisters. We are one in love eternally. And for this and for all the blessings I receive this day, I am so very grateful. In the name of my beloved, I am I know that it is done. I allow myself to accept it, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let's take that breath together. So grateful. Yes, indeed. Hmm. In lesson in the workbook for A Course in Miracles, and I recognize not everybody is a Course in Miracles student, so I will be referring to A Course in Miracles in every class. 
because masterful living to me is really about truly living the teachings of A Course in Miracles, not just studying them, but implementing them, living them, and getting the the real meaning of them. And Lesson 183 is called, I Call Upon God's Name and On My Own. And here's what it says when we call God's name. And for me, my favorite name for God is Beloved, I Am That I Am. So we call the name of God, it says, and you invite the angels to surround the ground on which you stand and sing to you as they spread out their wings to keep you safe and shelter you from every worldly thought that would intrude upon your holiness. Repeat God's name and all the world responds by laying down illusions. Every dream the world holds dear has suddenly gone by and where it seemed to stand, you find a star, a miracle of grace. A miracle of grace. So it literally says... Call the name of God and you invite the angels to surround the ground on which you stand and sing to you as they spread out their wings to keep you safe and shelter you from every worldly thought that would intrude upon your holiness. So my understanding of that is that when we call the name of God, beloved I am, that I am, the angels surround us, and it's like they run interference. They spread their wings, and they sing to us so that we will hear the voice for God, the angelic voice for God, rather than to hear the voice of the ego, the voice of our history, the voice of the past, the voice of wanting, needing, not having. When we call the name of God, Beloved, I am that I am. The angels surround us and sing to us to help us remember our true identity, to help us keep focused on the thoughts we think with God. So many gifts that we are given in this human life that work, they're so simple, they're so powerful. And yet, how many people have read that lesson but never really believed it, accepted it, tested it out, tried it for themselves? So many Course in Miracles students will say to me, you know, when you started talking about angels, I was a bit like, oh, I don't know. But <laughs> it's right there in A Course in Miracles. It's Jesus isn't speaking to us metaphorically. He is telling us a prescription of what to do that really works. So let's work it because it works. And this is one of the foundational practices of masterful living is to do what works, <laughs> to discover what works, and to keep doing what works. So we're going to be doing a lot of clutter clearing this year, a lot of mental, emotional clearing, so that we can hear the voice of God clearly and directly. Yes, I'm very excited about that. I really think that this is going to be the best year ever in Masterful Living, and I have felt that every year has been extraordinary and successful, but I think we're going to just blow 
thing, the roof off this year. That's how I'm feeling for myself personally. So I'm going to share a bunch of things. I'm going to open it up to sharing, and I'd like to hear from you. I hope that you have a notebook that you can take notes in. But remember, throughout the whole year, you will be having a transcript of every single class. We, we try to get the transcript up within 36 hours of the class, uh, and you can go and download it on your class pages. Uh, we, I encourage you to remember that you'll have the transcript. You can print it out. Some people print them, put them in a three-ring binder. You can make plenty of notes in them. We do a really beautiful job on the transcripts, so there's plenty of room for you to make your notes. You can highlight, underline, all those things. And we are what I'm encouraging you to do in your taking notes during the class is focus on writing down your ahas and your insights rather than what I say. Put put in your notebook, the, make it the focus of your note taking, and it is really valuable to take notes. Um, but since you'll have the transcript, you don't need to write down what I'm saying. You'll have that. As remember, the ego wants to get it right, get it all down. The ego likes to memorize things. Spirit doesn't need to memorize anything because spirit already knows everything and cannot forget it. So I'm going to ask you, and I, this is a real question. As we begin this year, it's New Year's Day, first day of the year. The year still has that New Year smell to it, right? The wrapper's still just uh, barely off. What would you rather remember as you go through every single day of this year? Would you rather remember the hurts and the upsets, the disappointments of the past? Or would you rather be able to focus your awareness on remembering your true identity, which is what waking up really is. And I think one of the most wonderful ways to describe our true identity in God is that it is an immaculate concept, an immaculate concept. Yes, some of you may realize that uh, if you've ever been to Lourdes in France or you know the story of Bernadette, the young girl who um, was at this grotto, uh, this cave, and uh, this this figure in white appeared to her, uh, this female figure in white appeared to her and told Bernadette that her name was the Immaculate Concept. So she's the Ascended Master that that being that represents the immaculate concept. And I think that that immaculate concept came into our awareness back in the 1800s by means with Bernadette's experience there, that it was that time for humanity to really truly as a, a group begin to remember the immaculate concept of our true identity. So it is the perfect, immaculate, never sullied, never stained, 
perfect, immaculate concept, our pure, pristine awareness, which is our true identity. And that's what we're going for in Masterful Living. And you will find out just how doable it is. So one of the things we're going to really learn to do this year, because we're becoming masterful. You don't People don't enter into masterful living feeling already masterful. They become more masterful as they go along, and that's my journey, and that's what I'm sharing. Course in Miracles tells us that one of our biggest challenges is that we're far too tolerant of mind-wandering. So instead of keeping our focus on the truth, on that which is truly valuable, our mind wanders to lack and limitation. And then we start to focus on that. And then, of course, we start to experience it. So now we all have the ability to focus. And the ego will say, I can't focus. I don't know how to focus. That's one of my issues is I can't seem to stay focused. Just because you can't seem to stay focused does not mean that you do not have the ability to stay focused. Remember, it's done unto you as you believe. So we're changing things at the the level of the belief system. We're eradicating the false beliefs to reveal that immaculate concept, our true identity, our perfection and wholeness that is already fully present and available to us, all we need to do is accept it. That's what accepting the atonement for ourself is. It's for it's no longer investing in that which is false and beginning to invest or wholly investing in that which is true and real. That which is true and real is infinite and eternal and ever immaculate. How wonderful is that? So I'm going to invite you to turn within and take a breath and open your mind to remember anything that you've done in your life where you succeeded at any time in your life. Think of anything you succeeded at. Maybe you climbed a mountain, maybe you wrote a great poem, maybe you baked a fantastically perfect pie, maybe you built a building, maybe you raised a child, maybe you uh, sang a song, something that you did, something that you accomplished. Maybe when you were a kid, you really wanted a bicycle and you didn't have any money, but you did chores and cut grass and delivered newspapers and sold lemonade and whatever you did to raise the money and you got the bicycle that you so dearly wished for. Maybe you really, really wished to have a dog and you managed to accomplish that and to take care of that dog is a major accomplishment for a child. Some point in your life, you've accomplished something that was challenging, that maybe you didn't think you could do, or others didn't think you could do, but you did it. 
You know, you learned to ride a bike. You learned how to do a double pirouette ice skating. Something you learned to do. And that thing had to require focus. So if you've done anything like that in your life, then you know you have the ability to focus. And what caused you to activate your God-given ability to focus was the desire of your heart. The desire of your heart. And your intention. And so what you learn from that kind of experience is that you have the ability, you have the ability to focus, and when you believe, you can achieve. When you believe, you can achieve. Belief is key. Belief is key. So, now, in my experience, talking with hundreds and hundreds of people over the years, anyone who feels undeserving of God's love is going to block the good in their life. So if you feel undeserving of God's love, that's the guilt that A Course in Miracles talks about. You feel unworthy. That's the guilt that A Course in Miracles talks about. If you have that belief that you're not good enough in some way, something wrong with you, you're unworthy, you're bad, you have that guilt, then you won't believe you can achieve. You won't believe you can be healed. You won't believe you can transcend and transmute and restore to that immaculate concept. If you feel unworthy, likely you won't even try. Or you will try believing that you will fail and you will experience failure because that is what you believe. So we're working at this core foundational level so that it doesn't just change one area of your life. It changes your entire experience of every aspect of your life. To me, it's much easier to change your entire life than it is to just change a little bit of it, believe it or not. And why not? No extra charge. I always say that. No extra charge to go for what you'd really like to have. So, one of the things I love in A Course in Miracles, one of my favorite sections in the text, and I'm, I'm making a, a number of references here today because I know a lot of people are starting A Course in Miracles, certainly not required in this class. Not required at all, but many Course in Miracles students do uh, join me in this class. So um, in Chapter 2, in the section on fear and conflict, which is one of my favorite sections, 
and I'm going to invite you, if you are a Course in Miracles student or you're interested, and even if you're not, you can find this section online. You can Google for it. It's uh, in Chapter 2, which is entitled The Separation and the Atonement, and it's Section 6 called Fear and Conflict, and it says here, that in paragraph nine, just it's a, only nine paragraphs, three pages, and I'm inviting you to read this section again and again for the next week. Just read it again and again, contemplate it, and discuss it uh, if you have a study group or friends. Paragraph nine, right in the middle, it says here, it is hard to recognize that thought and belief combine, combine into a power surge that can literally move mountains. And right before that, it says, the mind is very powerful and never loses its creative force. It never sleeps. Every instant it is creating. It is hard to recognize that thought and belief combine into a power surge that can literally move mountains. A little bit later, it says, there are no idle thoughts. All thinking produces form at some level. Course in Miracles also tells us that all healing is at the level of the mind. So that is where we work in Masterful Living. We work at the level of the mind. I call this working in the invisible. So we work at the level of the mind in order to produce changes in our thinking, in our belief system, so that we can align with the truth that sets us free. We can have a authentic, an authentic experience in this world and to realize that our, the mind never sleeps. It is a powerful creative force that can literally move mountains. And so we're shifting out of the false beliefs and that which no longer serves us in order to remember our true identity and to claim it. And it's powerful. It's very, very powerful what we're doing in this class. I call working at the level of form pushing density. Doesn't sound like much fun, pushing density. Pushing density, working at the level of the form, that is making phone calls to get what you want. That's having conversations with people to get what you need. It's sending emails, getting in the car and going places. That's all working at the level of the form. And, yeah, you can get some of what you'd like to have by working at the level of form, but it's much faster and much easier to work at the level of the mind and to manifest and demonstrate by becoming a vibrational match for that which you truly desire and we're going to we're going to work with that very diligently this year so we're going to eradicate the false beliefs that are running us unconsciously and reveal the truth so that we can live a harmonious 
and prosperous and joyful life and have a heck of a lot more fun. And it works. I have been spending so many hours. I've been actually just gifted with being able to have so many hours of talking one-on-one with folks who did exactly that in 2014. And their comments are year after year, it's the same thing that I hear. I hear people tell me, I never believed I could change so much in one year. I never believed that I could actually have these kinds of tangible results. I have been depressed for years, chronically depressed, and I'm no longer depressed. I was avoiding dealing with my problems, and now I have a plan, and it's working. You know, my partner and I, my spouse and I, we're having all kinds of problems in our relationship. Things are much better. Better relationships with children, with coworkers, major job changes, health changes, all kinds of things transpire. So we don't have any attachment to the results that we'd like to have, but we do intend for the highest and best to be revealed and unfolded through us and for us by being in that partnership with the higher Holy Spirit self. And we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of that this year. So thought and belief combine into a power that can literally move mountains. And this power is the power of love. Love can heal anything. And ultimately, it will heal all appearances of lack of love. Because in truth, there is no lack of love. In truth, love is all that there is. In truth, only love is real. That's the teaching of A Course in Miracles. Only love is real. The more you can be willing to believe that you are only love, the faster you will heal. Yes, the faster you will heal. Love is worthy of itself. Love is worthy of being itself. Of course, the Miracles tells us, teach only love for that is what you are. And every moment of every day, You are always teaching the efficacy of your choices. So everyone is always watching you, whether they know it or not, to see what you choose. So we see people making loving choices and having more expansive, prosperous experiences. We learn from that. We see people who are choosing more hateful experiences choosing thoughts of lack and limitation, and we see that life gets closed down and shut down for them. We can easily observe the efficacy of our own choices and everyone else's. So let's teach only love to remember that is what we are. So the more you can be willing to believe that you are only love, the faster you will heal. Love is worthy of itself. Love is worthy of being itself. Now, in this fear and conflict section, it tells us that fear is the result of inner conflict. So here's how that works. 
you say you want the peace of God, right? Lots of Course in Miracles students, spiritual students say, I want the peace of God. You say you want the peace of God, but many times you're not yet willing to employ the means to experience the peace of God. There's conflict there. If you want the peace of God, but you're not willing to employ the means to get it, to experience it, you don't actually want it. I mean, it's like saying, oh, I I, I want to have some food in my house, but I'm not willing to go to the store to get it. I'm not willing to grow it. But I'd like to have some food to eat but I'm not willing to do anything to have the food in my house. Well, then you must not really want to eat, right? So therein lies the conflict. And that conflict is actually an expression of that guilt, that guilt. So I don't feel good enough. Why don't I feel good enough? Why do I feel bad? Why do I feel wrong? It's because... I give myself permission to be unloving frequently. I think unloving thoughts. I think attack thoughts. I attack myself and I attack others. And on a spiritual level, I know that is the cause of my suffering, all those attack thoughts, the thoughts of lack and attack, limitation and separation. They're the cause of my suffering, but... I don't want to admit I am the cause of my suffering. Not I am is the cause. I'm going to restate that. My thoughts, my beliefs, my choices are the cause of my suffering. I don't like to admit that, so I'm going to see if I can blame it on somebody else. Many people operate that way. I used to operate that way. And so then this guilt arises. To have the peace of God, we must be loving. If we're not be willing to be loving, but we're begging to give for God to give us peace, we've lost our mind. Because peace has already been given to us. Peace is part of our true identity. It's part of our divine nature that can never be sullied. It is the immaculate concept of our being. It includes peace. The immaculate concept of our being includes harmony and joy and freedom and abundance and prosperity and wholeness, perfection. But when we give ourselves permission to think thoughts of lack, attack, limitation, and separation, because our thought combined with our belief is so powerful then the ethers must respond. All of life must correspond to it. There are no idle thoughts. So if we say, I don't know why I can't experience peace. Why can't I experience abundance? Why can't I just have a good relationship? Why can't I just be happy? We're asking from that victim consciousness why. And so one of the things I, I that has helped me so much is if I find my which I don't anymore, but I used to find myself asking, why, why can't I just be happy? You know, whining the why question. Then 
I'm identified with the victim. And I'm not remembering my true identity. And that's why I can't be happy. Victims don't get happiness. No. They don't. And the only one that makes us a victim is ourselves. So fear is the byproduct of having a conflicted mind. We say we want the peace of God, but we're not willing to use our mind to experience the peace of God. So when we give ourselves permission to think thoughts of lack, attack, and separation, then on an unconscious level, we feel guilty. We feel undeserving of God's love. We feel undeserving of our natural spiritual power because we're miscreating. We're misusing the power of our word, our thought, and our belief. And we're investing in lack, attacks, limitation, and separation. And then more often than not, we blame the circumstances and situations and suffering on someone else. But even if we take total responsibility for it and we say, I, my, my thinking is just stinking thinking. And that's why my life is so miserable. We're still blaming ourselves rather than rising in God to our true identity and eliminating the suffering. We're actually torturing ourselves, which is not loving. So that guilt, that conflict is the result of saying that you want, want, want the peace of God, but you don't realize the peace of God has already been given to you, but you don't value it. Because why else would you allow yourself to suffer? The peace of God's already been given to you. It's there in your mind if you're willing to find it. But if you don't value it, you won't be able to find it. So if you don't value the peace of God, will you feel worthy of it? You see how this works? It's a hamster wheel. So what is it you value instead of the peace of God? Look around your life and you will discover what it is you value instead of the peace of God if you're not experiencing it already. Because what you see in your life, what you're experiencing in the world of effects, in the world of form, is the outpicturing of your belief system. It is done unto you as you believe. So instead of thinking, I'm powerless, I'm hopeless, I'm helpless, no, 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 no. You're incredibly powerful. Look what you have manifested. People who think constant thoughts of lack experience extreme lack. Can you not see the power in that? People who think constant thoughts of loneliness and unworthiness often have very poor relationships and feel alone and left out. Can you see the power in your thinking manifesting and demonstrating in your life? 
if you do not love yourself and you despise yourself, you probably have a lot of really upsetting, difficult, frightening experiences. You can see how powerful your thoughts are. And by the end of this year, you will be amazed because you will, if you, if you stick with it and you really do the work in this class, you will train your mind to be loving, to be compassionate, to be kind and patient and generous and open and receptive to the good. And you will be taking out the trash, clearing the clutter all year long. And so your experience of your life is going to demonstrate that to you according to your willingness, your dedication, and your devotion. Now think of this. Think of NASA, right, the National Aerospace, whatever it is, they send a rocket to the moon. In order to send the rocket to the moon, they have to plan a trajectory, right? That's the route that the rocket is going to take. And that rocket flying across that trajectory, remember, the Earth is moving and the moon is moving. So it's a complex trajectory. In order to get the rocket to take off at a particular place on the Earth and land at a particular destination on the moon, it absolutely has to be carefully calculated. And the key to the success of that landing in the right spot on the moon is course correction all along the journey. And that is the key to a great experience in masterful living. So we keep our eye on where we'd like to go, experiencing the peace of God, the love of God, the joy of God, the harmony, the abundance, the prosperity, all of the spiritual qualities that are part of that immaculate concept that is our true identity. That's where we keep our attention. Not on what it looks like, but how it feels. How it feels. And you will be amazed if you focus on the course correction Keep your attention on where you'd like to go. You allow yourself to focus. You'll be amazed how your focus ability will increase and increase and increase, and you will have miraculous results. Because miracles are natural. This is what A Course in Miracles tells us. It's natural to live a miraculous life. It's unnatural to feel that your life is not miraculous. And miracles are when we align our thoughts with the thought of God. So really all we have to do is release valuing thoughts of lack, attack, limitation, and separation. And that is the, the pathway of mastery that we are on and we're doing it together. And it's very, very powerful. I'm getting a strong feeling to ask if there's anybody who's on the line now who was in Masterful Living, has been in Masterful Living, that can say anything about their experience. Anybody on the line now who can um, share their experience so that people who are listening to the first class for the first time could feel encouraged. Anybody like to share? Star two to raise your hand. <laughs> 
star two to raise your hand. All right. Someone in Oregon, and I think I know who. Hey there. Hey, Jennifer. Hi, Carla. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Yeah, it's a wonderful new beginning, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that has come up for me listening to you is how, because I'm sure you didn't say exactly the same thing, but it's very similar probably at the beginning of last year. It's so much, so interesting how much clear it is to me. Mm. But I'm not sure if that's a question. That, uh, I don't think that was a question you asked. <laughs> well, you're, what, what you're saying is that you're, you're, you now have more of the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Yes. And it's because you've been taking out the trash and clearing the clutter from your mind. Yeah, I, I just have, yeah, yes. I've been releasing. I What was one of the things that you really were hoping to get out of Masterful Living at the beginning of last year? <laughs> yeah, I think we've talked about this before, but... I know, but for the people who haven't heard you share. Um, I didn't know. I really, I probably did have some, some um, hopes at the time, but I was really trying to be open to whatever was happening because uh, I think I said this before, but if I had limited myself by what I could imagine, I I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, maybe. It's possible, but I feel like I wouldn't have had all the the growth that I've had if I've had specific goals. Now, not that I think they are are not helpful, because how can you? It's it is really helpful when you want to get someplace to have a goal in mind, so you have you can focus, right? It's it's a way of focusing, I think. But I don't know that I had that. I just, I guess I, I did. I, you just, said, I thought you said that one of the things you were really hoping for was to feel connected. That is, that's true. That is true. That, that's uh, probably, that's probably something I forgot. Yes, that is true. And, yeah. and, and as I recall, it was about being, feeling connected to others who are on the same journey and feeling connected to God. I'm still working the connected connection to God thing, but <laughs> uh, yes, that's exactly true. I, you know. And yeah, and how are you right. feeling now at the start of this year? I'm I'm feeling a lot more positive that. I could do it because, like how you've spoken about how I didn't believe that things were possible for me, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And now I feel like they are. And and like I said, it is only my own thinking that limits me a lot. Mm-hmm. And um and I still have plenty of, of that, but I just think I mean I have a whole list of things that I like to do non attachment, non judgment, choosing love, forgiveness, but really the most powerful of that list is like I don't know, nine things is practice. That and that's what this course gave me is mm-hmm. people to practice with and and yes, yeah, you're right. It's so it's that connection with other people. I mean, there's other people that they know who are who are growing or working on themselves, but it's a little different. This just felt like more in closer to my path, but mm-hmm. you know, Beautiful. everybody's path is different, but it's just. So. Yeah. It looks different, but it's we're all going the same place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you, Carla. Uh-huh. No problem. All right. We've got someone here raising their hand. Phone number ends 7722. I'm not sure who it is. Hey there. Oh, hi, Jennifer. It's Alexandra from London. Hello. Oh, hello. Hi. 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 Yeah, I think um, for me it's been really a, a journey of, of getting to know myself and I guess also having all those limited beliefs in myself, getting to know those. Um, and um, and say, I think what you're saying is, is true about cleaning out my own garbage and handing things over. I think that's been really helpful to me that, there's this never-ending supply of, of limited belief and thoughts of lack and attack and that I'm probably the source of my own own suffering, I think. that That's what I've, I found out uh, this year. But And I guess then you say that this self-flagellation obviously doesn't help, so it's the really just giving it up and, and feeling free from it. So it's, I can achieve at times, but I'm still trying to have it more consistently. Yes, exactly. And what I'm hearing in that is that you feel encouraged and that you're making progress. Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, I I think this, uh, you know, I really feel that for me this is the right place to to practice um, you know, with the tools that that you you have given us, that you know, these are definitely the right tools for me, and and um, yeah, and that's really what it's about, and the, and the connection with the other students and and the community, that that's probably the other big thing because that is so vital just to share with others and to know that that I'm not alone and that we're in it together. Yes. And it's being able to share, to be transparent, to be authentic in a community of people who are all practicing non-judgment. 
Yeah, that that is so wonderful. I mean, I, I find at the moment I find it really hard to to see my judgment, and then I just judge myself for it constantly. So that I <laughs> it's so, so so hard to just give it up, and it just keeps coming back. And I feel oh, I I don't want it anymore. I don't want it anymore. But it's just all around me, and and maybe it just sometimes it does feel more intense the last couple sure. of days. I guess because of the holidays, it just does feel more, it's coming at me more. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely that time of year that things become very, very present, and I attribute it to increased Christ light in our third dimensional experience, exposing that which has been hidden, and also giving us that push to... You know, we go through the the darkest day uh, of the year this year. Our solstice, the darkest day of the year, also corresponded with the new moon. So it was the darkest day and the darkest night. And we've got that Christ light shining in at Christmas time. So the solstice and the Christmas coming almost together there, as they do every year. And it creates... What I felt particularly this year is like a rocket booster. So using that metaphor of the rocket going to the moon, it's uh, once the rocket takes off, then uh, uses up that uh, that fuel capsule or whatever it's called, and then it, it ejects that. That weight is no longer needed. Those opinions, those judgments, those belief systems that have become dead weight, we can eject them, and then we get we can launch new rockets. We're feeling lighter, and then that pushes us into the new year. That's kind of how I, I experienced it, particularly this year. So the upsets and the challenges, the intensity that the holidays bring us literally propel us into that new year consciousness of I'm going to do it differently this year. I'm going to make some changes. So it works together for our good. Mm -hmm. Because that which is hidden is probably not going to get healed. Because the healing happens when we bring things to the light of our awareness. So I'm going to get into that. And uh, thank you, Alexandra. It's good to hear your voice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so we're talking about having the peace of God, but we don't realize that we have it because we don't value it. And instead, we value something else. So what could be more valuable to us than the peace of God? What could possibly be more valuable to us than the peace of God? What could we treasure more and hold more dear than direct insight, guidance, the true freedom of knowing our true identity as one with God, perfect, whole, and complete. What could be so valuable that we would sacrifice the fulfillment of our mission in God to be a truly helpful and healing presence in this world? What could it be that is so important to us? Well, it's the opinions and judgments. 
that we treasure and value more than the peace of God, more than our divinity. It's the opinions and the judgments which are the causes of that belief in separation. It is all the thoughts and beliefs that this one is better than and this one is less than. I'm better than that one and I'm less than this one. When we believe in better than and less than and even equal to, we're not believing in oneness and unity. Because if all are one, there is no better than, there is no less than, and there is no equal to. There's just unity, just oneness. Oneness is the truth. And that's what we're going to focus on this year in Masterful Living. So fear is evidence of inner conflict. You say you want the peace of God, but you want to be right more than you want the peace of God. What does being right actually give you? When you're right, when you're right about how wrong you are, when you're right about how wrong somebody else is, when you're right about your limitations, when you're right about the lack that you're experiencing, when you're right about any of those things, what does it actually give you? Nothing. It doesn't really give you anything. It, what it does is it feeds the ego, and it makes the ego feel, for a moment, more powerful than God. It's an investment in the illusion. It's part of the illusion, this right and wrong, these opinions, these judgments. Remember that <laughs> you could think of all the things that people have done in order to prove that they were right in order to prove that someone else was wrong. Think of all the people that have been killed from that mentality. People have been tortured from that mentality. People have ruined their lives in order to be right and make somebody else wrong. And yet, all of that effort expended in order to be right or to make someone wrong, whether it's yourself or someone else, does not matter. There's only one. None of it is real, and none of it lasts. It's all temporary. It's all temporary. Now, A Course in Miracles tells us we don't know what anything is for, and we're never upset for the reason we think. These are two of my favorite lessons. I'm never upset for the reason I think, and I do not know what anything is for. I can tell you that in my lifetime, I have known so many people that were treated so poorly as children. It's hard to imagine treating a precious child, because all children are precious and beautiful, it's hard to imagine cheating a tre- precious child poorly and hurting them physically, but it happens all the time. And uh, I, I have a friend who 
was I actually know a number of people for whom this is true, but um, I have a friend who, as a child, was literally held captive by their immediate family. And they were beaten and raped and abused, tortured. The family felt they had a right to do it. And that's how they grew up, imprisoned and tortured. And what happened was she made the meaning of it that there was something wrong with her. She must be a bad, bad person or they wouldn't treat her that way. It didn't make sense to her in her mind any other way. Why else would they do that to her if it wasn't because she was a very bad person? Now, let's look at it from a spiritual perspective. What if that experience was the perfect healing opportunity for this person to transmute her negative karma? What if it was, as A Course in Miracles says, Lesson 135, Paragraph 18, everything is gently planned by one whose only interest is our good. Everything, it says all situations, circumstances, events, and occurrences are gently planned by one whose only interest is our good. So that includes being tortured and beaten. It's hard to wrap our, hard to understand that. This is what Jesus tells us in the Course of Miracles. It's hard to understand that. So we we have to just accept it. We can't really understand it. So, but what if this was the perfect way for her to release major karma? Remember, it is done. What what you do to others will be done to you. So do unto others what you would have done to you. So what if in a past life she was the perpetrator, and she chose this event? these experiences in her script in order to forgive herself because all forgiveness, of course, Miracles tells us, is self-forgiveness. Now, I happen to know that in this instance, that's exactly what she did, was she forgave her perpetrators and had an amazing, miraculous experience of transcending the negative karma of previous lifetimes. A little willingness. Maybe a huge willingness. But willingness is willingness. So, it's hard to understand that all events, circumstances, situations, and occurrences are gently planned by one whose only interest is our good. So what benefit would it be for us to judge that that shouldn't have happened? We don't know what should and shouldn't happen until we have the ability to see through all directions of time and space. We cannot possibly know. I don't know what anything is for. It's so helpful to us. Because if we think we know what things are for, then we're probably in judgment and opinion. And we're definitely in judgment and opinion if 
our thoughts are upsetting us because the truth sets us free. It does not upset us. So it's hard to understand that this situation could have been carefully constructed for her benefit. We go into the judging mind, and what happens when we do that, we are rejecting our healing. But if we can look at even the most heinous experiences we've had and say, I do not know what anything is for. I do not know what should have happened or shouldn't have happened. But I can accept the divine order is always operating. Everything is working together for my good. If I judge it and say it shouldn't have happened, it was bad and it was wrong, then I'm rejecting the healing that's encoded into it. But if I release the judgment, if I release the meaning that I made of it, I can accept the healing and the learning and the expansion and the growth and the liberation that was encoded into my experience. And all that's required is my willingness. So I'm going to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self, call the name of God, beloved I am that I am, help me, angels of mercy, to know the truth that sets me free. I don't know what anything is for, except it's for my learning, and I'm willing to accept my learning instead of rejecting it so that I can stop experiencing that which is painful again and again and again. If we reject our lessons, then the higher Holy Spirit self just has to find another way to give us the same lesson with more intensity so that we finally will accept it and address it and stop pushing it away with our judgments and our opinions. So when we say, I know what's right, I know what's wrong, I know what's good, and I know what's bad, we're in judgments and opinions. How can we know what's good and bad and right and wrong until we can see through all dimensions of time and space? It's spiritual arrogance to say that we can know. Course in Miracles says divine will is the only will there is. So if it's happening in some way, it's happening for our good. Let us accept it. Let us not reject the answered prayer. When we go into a judgment and opinion, we're shutting things down, we're closing our mind, we're identifying with the ego, we're limiting our good, we're taking ourselves out of the flow of abundance and love, we're taking ourselves out of a healing modality and into stress, fear, conflict, suffering. So this is why we work at the level of the mind so that we can shift the situations, experiences, occurrences to be more loving, more joyful, more harmonious. All right. (sighs) 
So, fear is a split mind. That's why in Masterful Living, so many people at the end of the year tell me, oh, my God, it's such a relief not to be on that hamster wheel like that anymore. It's such a relief to stop judging. It's such a relief to be more loving, more compassionate, more generous, more kind. It's such a relief. And I am so familiar with that. So I'm encouraging you to read that fear and conflict section. If possible, it's only three pages. Read it as often as you can this week. You know, maybe just read it a paragraph at a time. Before you read it, invoke the higher Holy Spirit self. And by the way, if you're new to my teachings, I say higher Holy Spirit self, or I say the I am that I am. To me, they are the same thing. Uh, a lot of Course in Miracles students, when they talk about the Holy Spirit, they talk about it as though it's separate from them, like a different entity or being that's separate from them. But our healing requires our willingness to accept the oneness of all life and to know that the Holy Spirit is the higher self. It is our true identity and not separate. So... That fear and conflict section there, uh, it starts on page 28 in the text, at least in my copy of the text. And um, right before it, uh, in the previous section, at the end of uh, the, the um, special principles of miracle workers, is one of my favorite parts that uh, you'll hear me refer to many times throughout this year. And that is the part about being truly helpful. And I encourage you to write that little section down and carry it with you all the time. It will really help you. So it says, I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent him who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me. I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. So we're walking in the world, demonstrating the efficacy of our choices, learning to choose love more and more often. And, you know, uh, one of the things about A Course in Miracles that people say is that you may have heard this said that it is a holographic teaching course of miracles is a holographic teaching so what does that mean it means that if you understand any part of it then you understand the whole of it because it's all one if you understand any part of it you understand the whole of it because the truth is united, it's one. It's really one thought, one concept. And I think that's one of the best ways to understand it. So what's the truth about a holographic universe, a holographic experience, is it's a hologram it is about light. And we are light. Right? I am the light that lighteth up every man, woman, and child in this world. What is the light that lighteth up? I am 
is the light. Jesus also said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I, I think more correctly he said, I am is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's what we're remembering. So we're light beings. And our experience is projection. This is the teaching of A Course in Miracles, that our mind is like a projector. So if, if you think of a, a film projector, the film are the thoughts and the beliefs. And we see them projected on the screen of our life. So this is why all healing is at the level of the mind. We're doing our healing at the, the level of the belief system and our thoughts. We're going to look at that all year long so that we can heal and release the beliefs that are not true and stop investing in them. Our greatest healing tool really is to surrender the attachment to the false beliefs. What is that attachment? It's really an investment. Buddha talked about all attachments cause suffering. And attachments come in what I say are two flavors. So that's what Buddha taught. There are two kinds of attachments. Needing, wanting, craving. That's one flavor. The other flavor is aversion, hating, disliking, can't stand it. Those are the two kinds of judgments and opinions, the two kinds of attachments that we have. All attachments cause our suffering. Every attachment causes suffering of some kind. And all attachments are in our mind, like splinters in our mind. So our greatest healing tool is to surrender the attachment and the investment in our beliefs, our judgments, our opinions, so that instead we can invest in our healing, our awakening, and being a truly helpful, beneficial presence. So we get to choose what we're going to invest in. If your mental, emotional, and physical investments of thought, emotion, and belief, your actions are not paying you the dividends that you would like and giving you the results that you hope for, find a new investment. Find a new thought. Find the thought that will and begin to invest in that. So in, in my Finding Freedom class, I talk about having a spiritual budget. And if you're feeling bankrupt, if you're feeling like you're deficit spending in your life and you're feeling depleted and worn out and unhappy, uh, then what you can do to move from that deficit spending mentality of lack and limitation, lack and attack, to feeling abundant, prosperous, harmonious, feeling free and full, what you're going to do, it's a two-part plan, right? Just like it would be with finances, if you were deficit spending in your finances. To get to solvency, you're going to do two things. You're going to increase your income and decrease your expenses. That's the fastest way. Work both sides of that. Increase your income, decrease your expenses. So in, on a spiritual level, what is your expenses? It's the thoughts of lack, attack, limitation, and separation. 
And what increases your income? The thoughts you think with God. Love, compassion, kindness, patience, generosity, willingness. So we're going to work both sides of that all year long. And we're going to do a lot of healing in the negative beliefs and the negative patterns. Because we've all got that guilt feeling that we are bad and unworthy on some level because we choose to energize thoughts of lack and limitation, or we have in the past. And that guilt, those beliefs that we're not good, unworthy, bad or wrong, that energetically, after many lifetimes, it coagulates. It becomes like concrete, concretized thought. And it becomes very dense. But that's an illusion. It feels that way, but it's not actually true. We're going to go a bit longer here. <laughs> I have so much to share. I'm in such a hurry to share it. But um, So that belief, I'm not good enough, I'm bad, I'm wrong, we all have some version of it. And it is foundational. So I'm asking you to just tune in and see if you can recognize. You might not get it right this minute, but start to pay attention to what you're saying to yourself and see if you can just get what is the thought or the belief that is your personal mantra, if you will, of negativity. For me, it was, there's something wrong with me. Like, I'm bad. I'm, I'm definitely unworthy, not good enough. But it was really came into articulation as there's something wrong with me. I didn't know what I was, but it was so evident. Something is wrong with me. Something is wrong with me. And that thought just went with me everywhere I went, and it influenced every choice I made. It was so foundational to my belief system. So I'm wondering if anybody would like to share just that. What is the thought that you experience over and over and over again? How does What's your flavor of it? Anybody like to share star two to raise your hand? If you're listening online, you can type it in. And while you're doing that, Patty wrote in and she said, by letting go, this is her experience uh, in 2014, by letting go of trying to be in control of myself and giving it up to my higher Holy Spirit self, I gained such clarity. And Mary Jo, I'm not going to go into the medicine water right now, but I encourage everybody to look at the video page and watch the videos on the video page. All right, so we've got someone here in Michigan raising their hand. Hey there. Hi, Jennifer. It's Leslie. Hey, hey Leslie. Hey, my, my negative mantra is has been and continues to be uh, just that I am not smart enough. I am not smart enough. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. And so in Mass for Living last year, any changes? Oh, lots of changes. Just 
I'm just so much more aware now of my thoughts than I was before. And, and how that I'm able and I'm able to choose different thinking. Uh-huh. But you don't know that until you're aware of it. Right. Exactly. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna mute you out and uh Alexandra's raising her hand again. Hey. Hi. Um I think for me it is um I I could do better or I could have more. There's always this feeling of wanting more that mm. I'm not enough. Um I think that is probably something I was raised with or, I don't know, enculturated with. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden that knowledge that actually I am enough and everything is perfect the way it is and it is all good, that is a new feeling and, and it, it is very liberating. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, we got a lot of hands popping up here. Good. Okay. Thank you, Alexandra. And someone in Oklahoma. It's me, Judy. Hey, Judy. Hi. <laughs> After listening to you um, for part of a year, I decided I'd go ahead and do this. Because I knew it would really be helpful. Um, when you said that, every time I've listened or I've heard you say that, I'm not good enough, it was like that resonated with me. It was exactly the same. And I know where it came from. I mean, I know when I started thinking that. Because as a child, I tried so hard to be good, and mm. it seemed like I'd get in trouble, and I didn't even know why sometimes. And mm. um, I used to, I, you know, belong to a, a church, and it was my parents, and I remember going down to the altar. I can't tell you. Every time they had an altar call, I went down and confessed my sins, and I was like six years old, <laughs> and, you know, so it was just crazy. But that started really, really early for me. Oh, so I yes. thought I was not good enough that I, you know, I don't know, not sinful so much, but I guess that partly was it too, that that's why I wasn't mm-hmm. good enough or or because things, bad things happened because of some reason that I didn't know that I was not good enough. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Judy. All right. Next one is someone in Colorado. Hey there. Hey, guys. It's Allison. Hey, Allison. I say this in kind of a jokingly manner, but it's true. I got lots of issues. That's what I think a lot. Uh-huh. I got issues. So it takes a little bit longer for me. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. I get it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. All right. Thank you, Allison. And let's see. We've got someone in California, Sacramento. Hey there. Hi, I'm Carol. Hey, Carol. New to the your teachings here. And mine is I'll never get this. Ah, I'll never get this. Oh, Carol, I'm so glad you said that because whenever we hear the words Never and always, the ego is talking to us. Yeah. That's how one of the great ways the ego identifies itself. I'll never this. I'll always that. They'll never this. They'll never that. Say it again, Carol. I'll never get this. <laughs> no, okay. I, I will get this. 
Yeah. How about this? I am getting it. I am getting it. Yeah, so that's it. That's what you're going to learn this year is when the ego says, I'll never get this, turn and face the ego and say, you have no idea what you are talking about. That's a bold-faced lie. And you know what? The fact is I am getting it. I am getting it. I'm getting it now. It's happening now. So you don't even know what you're talking about, ego. Sit down, shut up, watch, and learn. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. I am getting it. Thank you, Carol. Okay. And one more we've got uh, here in West Virginia. Hey there. Hi there. This is Tina. Um, I'm new and uh, was just listening to everybody's, you know, what people were sharing. And I was thinking, you know, at first I was having a hard time boiling it down. And I was thinking, oh, well, it's. You know, it kind of boils down to I feel inferior. And then I started thinking, I was thinking a little bit more, and I realized I've been doing a lot of, um, I think I've been avoiding my spirituality and focusing on a lot of self-help. And while those things assist in maybe making you aware or kind of noticing patterns, it's not getting at the nitty-gritty of it. And one mm. thing with 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 the self-help is that, you learn that your, you know, your thought, your life, the way it is, good or bad, is due to, you know, your thoughts, and so you're creating it, even if you don't consciously realize it. And so, that sort of has put me in this mindset of, oh, well, you know, if I don't have the finances I want, or the relationship, or the body I want, then it's my fault, and it's because I'm lazy and I'm doing something wrong. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's so true. And self-help is often right in alignment with self-improvement, and uh, which a lot of that leads us to feel guilty and ashamed. We're blaming ourselves for our problems. And what we, we do on the spiritual path, and I'm so glad you brought this up, it's really about recognizing that the ego is part of our experience in this world, but it's not who we are. So it's really that we have come to believe we are the ego. We're identified with the ego. We're identified with the small, selfish body self rather than being identified with our true identity in spirit. And so... This path of masterful living is giving up the blame and the shame and the feeling bad for simply recognizing I had a false identification. I believed I was or I am this small selfish self, but that's not who I really am. I really am a being of love and light. And from this point forward, that's all I'm interested in. I'm going to put my attention on that because whatever we put our attention on is you know where our attention goes god flows love flows energy flows so that that's what we're doing we're shifting our identification and uh oh that's really helpful tina thank you yeah thanks. Well, yeah all right very helpful yeah the idea of self-help and self-improvement it's, there's a foundational belief there. There's something wrong with myself. But 
our true identity, there's nothing wrong with it. So that's what we're we're waking up to. All right, a little bit more here uh, I'd like to cover uh, before we go into the next class on Saturday. So now take your core belief, whatever it is, right? For me, it's I'm not good enough. You know, whatever your version is, and begin to consider if that's what you believe, then what is the outpicturing or the manifestation or the demonstration of that belief? Tune in. How are these thoughts, these beliefs, manifesting in your life? And I'm asking you to really look at it specifically. So first, we've got this thought. Whatever it is, I'm bad. There's something wrong with me. I'll never get it. It's hard for me. I can't do it. It'll never work for me. And then what are the beliefs that you have as a result of it? So, for instance, my thought was there's something wrong with me. Therefore, nobody will ever love me. Therefore, I can't really be successful. Therefore, I don't deserve love. Therefore, I'll always get it wrong. Therefore, I'll always be bad. And therefore, I can't have the life I would like to have. Therefore, I can't have the work I'd like to have. I can't have the career I'd like to have. I can't have the money I'd like to have. I can't have the relationships I'd like to have. I can't have the body I'd like to have. I can't have all the good I'd like to have. So it's really valuable to get specific. So I'm inviting you to invest some time, take, you know, whatever you can spare, even if it's only 60 seconds, but start to write, if this, then that. Okay, so in other words, the belief is something's wrong with me, therefore, I also believe this, 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 and this. Let's bring them to the light of our awareness. Because exposing them to the light is going to heal them. And one of the things that's so helpful in this bringing things to the light of our awareness is... Oh, I just need to do a little technical thing here. Oh, no, okay, we're okay. Um that we get to be the observer, our attention is the light of our awareness, and when you shine the light in the darkness, what happens to the shadows? When you shine the light in the darkness, what happens to the shadows? What happens to the darkness? If you are in a pitch black room, you go in that room and you flip the switch, you flip the light switch on, what happens to the darkness? It disappears, right? Because the darkness is nothing. It's nothing. The darkness is the appearance of the absence of light. 
That's what it is. So you walk into a pitch black room. You, when you turn on the light, you don't have to say, okay, darkness, I turned on the light. You have to go now. And I mean it. You're not welcome here anymore. I turned on the light. You have to leave. We don't have to beg the darkness to leave. When the light is turned on, the darkness is no longer the experience because the darkness is nothing and the light is everything. Now, so these negative beliefs, these opinions, these judgments, they're like shadows of their darkness. Okay? We bring them to the light. They have to dissolve. And they will. No matter how intense you think they are. No matter how intense your experience has been. Because think about this. What if those shadows have been there for 10,000 years? What if that darkness was there for 10,000 years? You still, you turn on the light and the darkness is gone. Because the darkness has no power. The darkness appears to have power when you invest your light into it. So the light of your attention and awareness. Remember, you're the movie projector. The thoughts come through your awareness. You project your light into them. Then they seem to be real. They seem to have power. But it's you're investing your mental God creative power in those thoughts that gives them shape and form in the world of effects. That's the only way that darkness can appear to be something is you believe it, you invest in it. Of its own, the darkness is nothing. Only your belief makes it seem to be something. The darkness has no power. Only the light has power. Lesson 44, which, let me just grab my book here, page 69 in my book, God is the light in which I see. And to reach the light is to escape from the darkness. In order to see, you must recognize that light is within, not without. You do not see outside yourself, nor is the equipment for seeing outside of you. In order to see, you must recognize that light is within, not without. So it says here, you cannot see in darkness, and you cannot make light. You can make darkness and then think you see in it, but light reflects life and is therefore an aspect of creation. Creation and darkness cannot coexist, but light and life must go together. So, Lesson 44, God is the light in which I see. In order to see, you must recognize the light is within. So that's what we're doing. We're recognizing that the light is within us, that that is our true nature and our true identity so that we can see in our mind, we can have an awareness of the truth that sets us free. 
And then lesson 61 is God is the light in which I see. And it's my page 102. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that is one of the great uh, uh, teachings of A Course in Miracles. Uh, God is the light in which I see. Lesson 61. I am the light of the world. Right? I am the light that lighteth up every man, woman, and child in this world. That's what Jesus taught us. I am is the light. And it says in Lesson 61, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. That is my only function. That is why I am here. I am the light of the world. That is my only function. That is why I am here. I am here to dispel the illusion of darkness by being the light. That's what I say to myself. I am the light of the world, and I am here to dispel the illusion of darkness by being the light, which is my true identity. Forgiveness is my function. This is the teaching of A Course in Miracles. Forgiveness is the release of the meaning that I have made of things. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is releasing the judgment, the opinion, which is the meaning I've made of things. So Course in Miracles tells us that forgiveness is our only function. And now Lesson 61 says, I am the light of the world. That is my only function. That is why I'm here. So forgiveness and light and non-judgment equal love and compassion. And that is our function. So forgiveness is my function. Being the light of the world is my function. I am here to dispel the illusion of darkness by being the light which is my true identity. The judgments and the opinions that obstruct my sight are like clouds blocking the light of my clear, pristine awareness. So, you know, my favorite lesson in the workbook is number 68, which is love holds no grievances. Love holds no grievances. And it says there, perhaps you do not yet fully realize just what holding grievances does to your mind. He who holds grievances denies he was created by love. And his creator has become fearful to him in his dream of hate. Who can dream of hatred and not fear God? It is as sure that those who hold grievances will forget who they are as it is certain that those who forgive will remember. So that's what we're doing. We're forgiving. We're forgiving. We're looking to discover the grievances so that we can know the truth that sets us free. Lesson 69, my grievances hide the light of the world in me. No one can look upon what your grievances conceal because your grievances are hiding the light of the world in you. Everyone stands in darkness and you beside it. So when we choose to energize grievances against ourselves or anyone else, because there's only one, it doesn't really matter, no one can look upon what your grievances conceal because your grievances are hiding the light of the world in you. Everyone stands in darkness. 
because our grievances are hiding the light of the world, we're here to be the light of the world. Everyone stands in darkness. That's why there's war, there's poverty, there's suffering, because we choose to hold grievances. That's what our opinions and judgments are. So, this year we're taking out the trash, we're clearing the clutter. And we're allowing ourselves to remember the truth that sets us free. Course in Miracles tells us we are the kingdom of God. And the teaching is, seek first the kingdom, and all else will be added unto you. Why? Because it's already been given to us, and we don't actually value it. Instead, we've come to value the opinions and the judgments more. We're going to shift that, and we're going to have a major healing this year. And the great thing about this kind of healing is it lasts. It's permanent. There's no backsliding. And that is a huge release. It works. It works, it works, it works. It requires our willingness, and we are declaring ourselves willing to be that light. We're willing to be the light. Oh. So we have class just day after tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, tomorrow I'll be sending out an email to everyone about how to access the recordings. Uh, we needed to have a first recording before I can set up the podcast and send that for you. So you'll be getting that. And there's so much more to unfold. We've got a whole year to do it. It's wonderful. We've given ourselves a gift of remembering our true identity so that we can be truly helpful and be the light of the world that dispels the belief in darkness. Oh, yeah. So grateful. I invite you to place your hand on your heart right now. And as I'm moving into our closing prayer, I'm inviting you to really do that work of writing down that core negative belief and start to allow your mind to become aware of how foundational it is and the the thoughts and the beliefs that you have built on top of that foundational core false belief so that we can pull all that negativity and all the patterns and habits and ways of being and seeing in the world that are built upon it. We're going to allow it to be joyfully deconstructed, dissolved and resolved permanently back to the root source. I'm also asking you to please send me an email at jennifer at jenniferhadley.com and write a paragraph, a sentence or two, and let me know what it is you would like to say to me one year from now. At the end of 2015, what would you like to say? Write it as if it were made manifest now, as if it were the end of 2015. 
How magnificent do you feel? What are you experiencing now? What do you now know? We're setting that trajectory. That's where you'd like to go. Send it to me in an email, jennifer at jenniferhadley.com. I'm collecting them all, holding them in prayer. Remember, I'm going to give you many options of tools and things that you can do throughout this year. If you don't feel like doing it, if you don't feel worthy of doing it, if you're avoiding doing it, you can go whichever way you like to go. I'm going to give you these options, and I'm going to invite you ways to involve me in your process and you'll take them or not take them according to what works for you and there's no rules about that the only rule we have in this class is we're releasing the judgments rather than energizing them so we speak with loving kindness that's that's our bottom line so with our hand on our heart we declare i am the light and i am willing to know the truth that sets me free. This is what I know for each and every one of us, that that willingness is here. We are in a divine partnership with the higher Holy Spirit self. Everything that we need is being provided to us. The healing is happening now. We are fully blessed. We receive our blessings. We share our blessings with everyone because we're one with them. In grace, in gratitude, we joyfully allow our healing to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. One more thing I'm going to mention. If you have technical questions, the fastest way to get them answered is to send an email to admin, A-D-M-I-N, at jenniferhadley.com. Because usually I'm not able to answer them, and so then I have to forward them on. So if you can just email all technical payment, any kinds of logistical questions to admin at jenniferhadley.com. But email me, jennifer at jenniferhadley.com how you'd like to feel one year from now. And write it as if it's a done deal and it's the end of 2015. I love you. I thank God for you. And I look forward to Saturday. Mwah!